This is a simple Bible study of Ephesians chapter 5, part 1, which I'm calling verse 1 through 21. Come and join me. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd come and be close to us as we look into your word and go deeper into it. In Ephesians chapter 5, and I just pray that you'd guide our thoughts and our, and our hearts as ultimately we want to be closer to you and we want to understand your ways and your way for us. So I pray that you'd guide us in it and be close to each of us as we talk about your truths in Jesus' name. Amen. In this episode, we're talking about Ephesians chapter 5, what I'm calling part 1, where we're just touching on what, what seems to be highlighted to me as I read through Ephesians verse 1 through 21. Here we are at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5. And the Apostle Paul is quickly calling us to be imitators of God. And it starts off in verse 1, it says, be therefore imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, even as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling fragrance. In chapter four, we were being encouraged to go in God's way and different ways to do that. And in chapter 5 here, he's going to continue to do that through different explanations. And so we're supposed to be imitators of God. What does that even mean? Here's the thing. The more that we learn about Jesus, the more that we can understand what it is to be a child of God. I like to think of it in as plain and simple of a way as I can. Sometimes it can be healthy to remember that Jesus was fully a man. He was completely a human being and also God at the same time, which is hard to think of. But think of it this way. If you look at a, a child and look at their parents and look at how the child acts, a lot of times you can see how the child is almost like a mirror or a reflection of their parents. I know, I know this one kid that I watched before around their parent, and every time they would pick up a telephone, they would start pacing back and forth. And, you know, no surprise, that's how their parent does stuff. Every time they're on the phone, they can't sit still and be on the phone. They have to pace. And so looking at their child, the child does exactly the same thing. And as we look at Jesus, we can understand, okay, Jesus is completely human, and he's also completely God, and so he is a child, the child of God, right? The only begotten Son of God, and we're adopted children of God, and so if we want to imitate God, we need to imitate Christ. So as we look at him and how Jesus deals with people and situations, we can learn of how we can also be children of God 
who treat people the way that Jesus does. I like to keep things simple when, when at all possible. Keep it simple. And now we're going to continue on in verse 3. He says this, But sexual immorality and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be mentioned among you as become saints. He's reminding the Ephesians, look, you're saints. What is a saint? A saint is someone who's been separated out to be holy. That's a saint. Well, who's been separated out from the world, if you will, to be holy? Anyone who's been born again. Anyone who's been adopted by God as a child of God. When you first get born again, you might not look like a saint and sound like a saint. Let me rephrase that, right? You may not completely act in all of your life, in all of your ways. You might not completely act like God or like Jesus, and you might not sound like him. But the more that you get to know him and the more that you know you can trust him, the more that you're able to understand the way that he deals with life and responds to life and communicates in life and deals with other people and treats other people and the more that you're able to imitate that other words and do it and follow through and in verse three paul is saying literally <clears throat> as far as these certain things that you know that are not cool that are that are not right in god's eyes don't even let these things be mentioned among you other words, these aren't great things for conversation, and think of it this way. What, what does your life look like and sound like? If someone's standing around you, and they hear what you're talking about, or they overhear you, or they're watching you in your life, and how you handle life, are they going to think, this person, there's something good about this person? There's something godly about this person? I'll say it that way. Could they say this is a child of the light <laughs> or would would they be more inclined to say this is a child of darkness by their observations, by by the witness of your life? And I'm saying this because some of these things, that's what that's what they battle against. That's what they're part of. And in verse four, he says this, he continues this list, right? Nor filthiness or foolish talking nor jesting, like joking around, which are not appropriate, but rather giving of thanks. Some of this, when it comes to what we talk about and how we talk about the things that we talk about, remind me of a few different things. Have you ever had someone telling you a joke or something like that, and it's like a dirty joke? And like, you want to laugh because they can be funny. And this is this is this can be a hard thing sometimes, especially depending on like the kind of work that you do and stuff like that. I I've had all kinds of jobs and different kinds of work that I've done in life. And at one point I was a parachute infantryman in the army. You can you can probably begin to consider how how infantry people talk. And I can just tell you that a lot of infantry people use, let's call it colorful words, right? Or even other kind of jobs that I've had in the past where we used to like set up concerts and stages and stuff like that. 
you know, what kind of language, what kind of, what's the normal way that people talk to each other and everything. And there were occasions where I would have someone come up and they would want, they would be excited because they just heard this funny joke and they want to share with me. And really it's like, it's a dirty joke or something like that. Now, on the one hand, is it funny? Like if I hear it, would I laugh? The answer is yes, because some of that stuff is absolutely funny. But does that, just because something's funny and it makes you laugh, is it okay? Is it appropriate? How can you tell? And then what do you do about it? Let me say it this way. I know because I've read through the Bible, I know that there are certain things that are pleasing to God and things that are not pleasing to God. And there's a lot of joking and different things that encourage people to, well, let's say it this way, get your mind in the gutter. And God doesn't want our minds in the gutter. He doesn't want us thinking about things and entertaining things in our imaginations and stuff that are not good and pleasing to him, which most of the time, the easy way to look at it is things that are not that you wouldn't want to be said about yourself. A lot of stuff out there is like mocking people and making fun of other people or or gossip and stuff like that, or tearing other people down for the sake of, of just making fun and laughing. And just because something's funny doesn't mean that it's good or healthy or that it would be helpful to that other person or anything. And God, through Jesus, thought that that person was important enough in his eyes, to die for. And so how could we take someone who he loves so much that he died for them, and then in our mind, go ahead and treat them like they're garbage, or that they're not worth, they're not valuable to God. Entertaining and going along with some of these things, ultimately, it talks about us. So what we let ourselves be a part of is is what ends up becoming part of what we look like and what we sound like. And if we're supposed to represent him and let his light shine through us, if you will, well, how can his light be shining through us if we're just focusing and putting ourselves and remaining in dark? It's interesting that in Matthew 12, 36, Jesus is speaking and he says, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's that's pretty wild. There's a different verse in the Bible where he talks about that it's from, from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Like if you have a hard time with the words that you use or you love to entertain yourself with ungodliness or things that aren't pleasing to God, then one of the challenges that you have as you read through the scripture and you're encouraged to walk in the light and stay, you know, turn away from what is dark and go towards the light, you have to wrestle with and consider, okay, do I want to do that? And I want to encourage you, of course, go the way of the Lord. Why would I encourage you any other direction? Why would anybody encourage you a direction that is away from the Lord? If anyone in your life is encouraging you to go in directions that are away from God, then you might need to reconsider how those people are part of your life. Now, if you work in a situation where you have 
where there's conversations and other things all the time where people are talking about things that really are ungodly stuff that you really don't want to be a part of, you can learn ways of dealing with those situations. I'll give you an example. One time a person was coming up to me and I knew that their goal was to share with me some certain kind of joke or certain kind of gossip and stuff. And as they approached, I just kind of, you know, waved my hand a little bit and just kind of like, hold it, hold it. Look, I appreciate that you want to share share with me and, and you know, maybe laugh at some different stuff and everything. But but really, I just I really just don't want to focus on those that kind of stuff right now. And so I'd appreciate it, you know, if, if we don't need to go there. And most people are okay with that. I, I wasn't condemning the person. And at the same time, I was letting them know that actually, I really don't want to partake in that. So if it was okay, let's not do that. Now, there are some people that would come at you further anyway. And I totally understand because I've been in those situations too. But most of the time, if you let someone know that, you know, if they want to be gossiping or sharing dirty jokes and different stuff with you, that really you want to try and start walking away from and staying away from, a lot of the times, if you just share with somebody, I, I'd really rather not go there. And, and I'm sure it's funny, but I'm, I'm really trying to change my focus in life. I'm trying not to focus on that kind of stuff and stuff. And, you know, they may end up asking you, why, why does that matter to you and stuff? And maybe you have an opportunity to share about the Lord with them. And if you're not ready for that, that's okay too. The point is, is I'm just trying to encourage you and maybe give you a practical way of how you might be able to, to start making changes along those lines. And by doing that, what are we doing? We are going further in the direction of imitating God as if we were his children. And so we, we want to participate in things and be around things and situations that, that would be pleasing to him and being going away from those things that are the opposite of that. And most of those things we know, even without someone having to tell us. Continuing on, chapter 5 and verse 7 through 14, he says this. He says, therefore, do not be partakers with them, talking about people who are going into these different kinds of conversations and encouraging sexual immorality and different other things that we know are not pleasing to God. Continuing on seven, right? Therefore, do not be partakers with them, people who are going in darkness, for you were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even reprove them. Don't say something's good if it's not good. Right? And then verse 12, For the things which are done by them, by the people walking in darkness, in secret, it is a shame even to speak of, but all things, when they are reproved, are revealed by the light, for everything that reveals is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
Therefore, watch carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We really are being encouraged here, again, to walk in the light. Be imitators of God. You know what's good, and you know what's not good according to God's point of view. So walk towards God and be an imitator of him, right? In verse 17, he says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Which makes me think of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, specifically 2, where he says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will know what the will of God is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Isn't that everything that we've been talking about? I always think it's interesting how in a lot of the different epistles, the letters in the New Testament, you have a repetition of truth being explained, sometimes using different words, but the same truth over and over. Why? Because we need to hear the truth in a way that we can receive it. And sometimes saying it one way, it just doesn't sink in, but saying it another way, it works out. Now, I'm going to read the, the last few verses of this first part of Ephesians 5, starting with verse 18. He says, Do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always concerning all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father subjecting yourselves one to another in the fear of Christ. Here we are at the end of part one of chapter five, Ephesians, and he's talking about don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. A lot of people really get concerned about, you know, obviously you don't want to be drunk, but let me ask you the question, why don't you want to be drunk? In Paul's day and age, see if this sounds familiar, people would get drunk and they would do different kinds of things and, you know, sexual immorality, you know, they would do all kinds of stuff and they would kind of like blame it on the drink, right? Well, I did that because I was drunk. I wasn't in control. It was, it was the alcohol. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's almost like it's today, right? And here's the thing, there's a verse in the Bible that says there's nothing new under the sun, and that's the truth. We are human beings, and we tend to act like we're human beings. And so what's the big deal about alcohol, and I'm going to say any, or any other kind of drugs that people use for entertainment or to escape and, and all kinds of other things? Well, the problem is this. At, if you give yourself over to a drug, if you give control of yourself, self-control. Instead of self-control, you give control over yourself over to some kind of drug, then you are no longer in control. If you are no longer in control, then you cannot choose to be an imitator of God in whatever that situation is in your life, because you've given the control away. So on the one hand, you could say, well, you know, it was the drugs that made me do it, or because I was on them, I wasn't in control. Who's going to pay a price 
about whatever it is that's going on. And it might even be that it only affects you, but who pays the price? You do. And you might have a problem. You might have a reason that you that you're stuck. You know, maybe you're addicted to some stuff. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's other stuff. Maybe you have an addiction and you have a reason for that addiction. Then I'm going to encourage you to press into the Lord and into the word of God and, and learn to be filled with the spirit of God. Ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit, to, to send his spirit, to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. Not just so we're sealed when we get born again, we're sealed with the spirit of God, with the spirit of sonship, he says. This is talking about more than just having been born again and been adopted by God. This is talking about you need more of the Holy Spirit in your life to give you power to run after the Lord in his ways and to turn away from the ways of darkness. And that comes from the Holy Spirit giving you power on your inside and even in your mind and even to transform your thinking. Chances are, if you have addiction going on in your life, you, the addiction, if you will, is a fruit of something that's gone on in your life. Ultimately, the goal would be is to ask God to show you or someone you trust, right? Maybe you go to someone and say, hey, I ha here's the problem that I have, and I wish that I could know what the root cause is. Or maybe you know what the root causes are and you just don't know how to face them. But someone who is more mature in the Lord, someone who, who knows God, and how do you know? Because they imitate God. They're imitators of God. How can you know? Well, look at their life. Look at Listen to what they talk about and how they talk about things. Look at how they treat people. Look at how they talk to people. In, isn't this everything I was just talking about at the beginning of this episode? right? It is. Because all of that about our life talks about us without us saying a word. There was an old song I heard a long, long time ago, and it, it says something about the greatest sermon I ever heard was the one I saw. It was all about the person's life, how they would see somebody and what they talked about and how they acted and what they were like and everything. That said more about them and what they believed than the words that came out of their mouth. And so I really want to encourage you. I mean, I'm going to close really shortly here, but I want to encourage you. If you have some kind of an addiction going on or something, that that is fruit. And all fruit has to have a root. And the way that oftentimes I see ministry take place that really helps people for longevity other words, that can really change their life for good, is healing comes and can come when the roots of whatever the causes, whatever the root causes, the reason for somebody covering up something or using something to medicate over something or to, to be able to, to resist looking at and dealing with stuff, right? A lot of times when you deal with the roots of stuff, then it's easier for healing to come. And I understand I've like I've seen 12-step programs that are fantastic and stuff like that. But ultimately, they always try to point you to somebody or something that is 
that is higher and above and outside of whoever the person is, whoever you might be even, so that you can get help from someone who knows how to bring that help and you can receive it then. I've seen God work in a lot of people's lives and help them. But I've also seen a lot of people who weren't able to, who didn't want to receive that help. And typically there's reasons why people don't want to receive God's help. And if that's you, well, even sharing those reasons with someone who knows God, you might be able to get further understanding about what can be done about it or if they, if they know what can be done about it. I've talked to a lot of people about forgiveness, just a very simple example. And most people think they know what forgiveness is, but then they don't go, they don't forgive. And I can tell you, if you choose to not forgive somebody or choose not to forgive yourself or allow yourself to be forgiven, then there, most likely there's something about forgiveness and receiving forgiveness that you do not understand. And I say that because Jesus was very clear about forgiveness. If we don't forgive others, then our Father in heaven won't forgive us. And I've seen people walk away from God with their heads down, basically saying, well, I could never forgive those other people, so I guess I'll never get forgiveness. But I'm telling you, even that person, ultimately, they just don't really understand what forgiveness really is. And so I would challenge you, go find my episodes about forgiveness. I have three episodes, and the, the third one takes you through a time of prayer ministry even so that you can actually receive some forgiveness and even forgive others after you understand more clearly about it. And I would never force anybody to do something they don't want to do. So I would just challenge you, or, or if you have a question, send me your question, godsadopted.com slash contact, right? Or go to the website, godsadopted.com and just scroll down. There's a place where you can ask me questions or all kinds of stuff. All right. I'm going to close this episode now. And, and I thank you for your time. And I just want to encourage you. If there's something in your life that you know is something that you love or love to be a part of or doing or take part in or something, but you know it's it's not pleasing to God, then then start asking God to give you the strength and wisdom and help by his Holy Spirit so that you can learn and go his way instead of the other way. I'm just going to close in prayer now. Father God, thank you for my brothers and sisters, and thank you for your Bible. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would come and, and encourage each of us in some special way of your presence with us. And I pray that you'd give us strength and, and ideas and encouragement towards going your way instead of any other way and help us to be more and more imitators of you so that people would know that you, we are your children. <laughs> and, and I pray for my brothers and sisters who need healing or who need to be set free of some stuff. I pray, Father, that you would begin to, to encourage them towards the direction of, of your healing for them and your truth and your love. And I pray all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. 
please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.